Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 707, October 5th, 2021. The high on this day was in two, uh, 20, 2011, where it was 88 degrees and as chilly as 25 degrees on this day in 1952. Hmm. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I want to, I want to put something behind us once and for all. Uh, yesterday I was noting... Uh, that an emailer had indicated that he used a piece of an old bunk bed uh, that he had kept in the garage to repair a window. You guys recall mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think it was Kenny who said that's not garage wood. And it was a little scandalized, I have to admit it. But you're the mayor. We're going to stick no. behind our mayor. No, I, I'm I'm going to go with the word of frequent contributor Downing, who said I agree with Kenny. We've addressed this previously. Garage wood does not include wood that is merely stored in the garage waiting to be made into something. Garage wood is bits of wood that have reached their final form, achieved their highest and final calling, and shall forever remain in the garage as garage wood. Garage wood is a tool. It blocks things. It gives things a good whack. You pound things on it. It will never be made into something else. That's, that's true, hmm. and that's where we stand now. That's where we stand. A lot of rules. So the, no, it's a very simple. It's very simple. He's right. Garage wood are, <laughs> is wood that you, uh, you you'll never intend to make something from. Got it. it. All right. So that's that's it for that there. And I just want to note this, Joe. I volunteer to pick up garbage along a stretch of road in Hennepin County as part of the Adopt a Highway program. Monday, I received an email stating the county is requesting proof of vaccination for all its workers and volunteers. Are you kidding me? I volunteer. I work outside by myself. This is the end of the world. P.S. The road is dedicated in memory of my father-in-law, who was a longtime listener of Garage Logic. Keep pushing back, Brandon from Talladega. Uh, why in the hell does he have to offer proof of vaccination? None of these rules make sense. It's all Don't insanity. Do it. Don't do it. Absolutely. He's more in danger of getting hit by a car. Right. Than being outside and contracting COVID when he's working by himself. Well, and then to conclude that note. The Centers for Disease Control is asking people, uh, this is October 5th, to uh, hold their holiday gatherings virtually. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's my answer. Sounds good. No. Ble- bleep no. you. No, no. bleep <laughs> you. Well, didn't, wasn't yeah. Fauci being interviewed over the weekend and he said, we're not yes. sure yet if we can gather yeah. for Christmas. T- Tony, yeah. stop. No one's listening to you anymore. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it the CDC who wasn't demanding their uh, employees get vaxxed? Or mm-hmm. am I wrong about yeah, that? I think you're right. If you're weighing whether or not you're going to have Christmas on what the CDC and, and Dr. Fauci tell you, I don't want to come to your party anyway. Listen to this. Listen to this. To the question of we are vaccinated, why can't we get together? Isn't that why we got vaccinated? Yes, in fact, that was why you got vaccinated. But I think you want to think about, do you want to be meeting with unvaccinated people? This is our local Erzman. What's her, Jan, is it? Yeah. Jan? Now listen, if an in-person gathering must happen, 
the CDC recommends it be moved outdoors. <laughs> Christmas outside in Minnesota? Wow. Yes, that'd be Might that'd only be, be 30 below. Yeah. You guys want to come out to my deck for Christmas? If that can't happen, which wouldn't be shocking in Minnesota, the CDC advises using a window fan to circulate the air Jesus indoors. H. Are you Let me blow my COVID right in your face. <laughs> Jeez. This is unbleeping wow. believable. But at this point, all of this messaging is falling on deaf ears. No one's going to listen yeah, to this crap I, yeah, anymore. I was going to say, maybe the CDC should come out of their bunker and look at America <laughs> enjoying <laughs> themselves <laughs> carrying on normal lives. Pretty much America has been carrying on normally. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there are still people wearing masks outside by themselves on a walk, but that's just their choosing, and that's their life. Such uh-huh. uh, page A5, Star Tribune headline, New Zealand resetting after COVID zero effort dropped. Huh. Yeah. I, uh, so. I, I was doing some driving over the weekend, and my, my favorite scene from the road was, uh, this would have been late Friday afternoon on good old Highway 10, and to my right, was a woman, I would say probably in her early 30s, in a car by herself with a mask, which we see routinely. The best part was she took a drink of her, I think it was a bottle of water, pulls the mask down, takes a drink, puts the mask back on. Oh, really? God. And I really? thought, what are you doing? What has happened you to us? You are in the car by yourself. What has happened to us? I don't know. I think these are people that don't actually follow the science. I think they're just going with what they've heard. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Boy, I continue to get stories told to me anecdotally about how difficult it is these days to just uh, commit routine commerce uh, at a big box store, for example, where there's such oh, really? a lack of help that, yeah. that yeah. it's it's hard yeah. to... I had a guy tell me a tale of woe about trying to get a water heater. Yeah. And there's just, A, they're scarce... And B, there was no one to, to ask help questions yeah. of and help. It's just amazing. It's everywhere. Now, I, I, uh, Sanibel Jim alerted me to something. Milwaukee public school leaders have asked Governor Tony Evers, or is it Evers, uh, without success, to activate the National Guard to drive students to school. Mm-hmm. What? Because of yeah. a, a shortage of bus drivers. Yeah. Now, as Milwaukee public school students continue to be stranded on a daily basis by buses that never show up or show up hours late, the district is planning to pay families to drive their own kids to school. <laughs> really? It's come to that. Well, you realize why families don't, because both parents are working. Right. You know. A spokesperson for Ever said the governor had a discussion with uh, School Board President Bob Peterson, but they were both provided a memo by Wisconsin Legislative Council advising that Evers likely currently lack the power to activate the Guard. Under state law, the governor may only activate the Guard for state duty in certain situations, including natural disasters. That's what this is. War and insurrection and public health emergencies. The Wisconsin Legislative Council concluded public health was the only reason that might apply, but it would require a state of emergency declaration. No declaration exists, and it's unlikely Evers could declare a new state emergency, given the Wisconsin Supreme Court's decision against his attempt to renew the state of emergency related to COVID-19. So you don't have the guard, so now they're going to try to pay the parents to, to take the kids to school. 
It's a decent little part-time job. Yeah. The problem worsened this fall with more students returning to school. On the first day back for 40 out of about 150 schools, at least 700 students were not picked up on time or at all, as the district was short 80 drivers. Wow. What? They're offering signing bonuses up to 2500 bucks to drive a school bus, and the wages start at 19 to $23, $23 an hour for drivers without experience. The, uh, wow. the place up by my place here, uh, whose name escapes me, is offering a $3,000 signing bonus and 23 bucks an hour. To drive a so, school bus. Yeah. No uh, I can't kidding. think what's the big one here. I can't think of the name. Is that necessarily a good message to be sending to parents? Hear me out. Oh, but they've been doing that for uh, for years, Chris. Uh, Joe and I used to joke about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe and I both drove by the same bus depot place where right they over here. St- yeah, store buses overnight, and for years they've had the same sign up. Now hiring, no experience needed. Come come on in and start today. And that was always uh, that was always a tad bit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it just didn't. Didn't, as they say, set right well, with me. I'm not even worried <laughs> about right. uh, the the, yeah, uh, you know? <laughs> the the individual that has no experience driving a bus. You know, I don't ride a bus, but if I did, my my point is, if you are in that much of desperation to just have a body in there, are you going to get the um, candidate well, that's exactly. too interested in being around kids? If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I oh, I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about uh, you know. Uh, Hell, I yeah. could pick up a route. The, the, oh my God. Could you imagine Suits driving a school bus? First, we're going to go south over the river. Then we're going to turn around in Mendota and go north over the river. Compare compare today's school to what Jackie Lewis sent me. She sent me a picture of a gun safety class in an Indiana school in 1956. The picture was in Time magazine. It doesn't do uh, listers any good for me to hold it up. but, But look at that. Look at the kid. With the rifle in class, and all the kids are paying rapt attention. One kid's ready to p- close his ears as though this kid's going to fire the damn thing. But uh, Open the window, teach. What a different time, huh? A gun safety class in the grade school. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, my I, God, I, help us. Um, I don't know. That just wouldn't fly today. You of know. course not. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I, I mean, for for le- but I'm, I'm saying for legitimate reasons. Well, we still have trap teams and stuff, though, don't we? We do. We do. Because my nephew is on a trap team down in Fairville. Yeah. Well, I just contend that uh, you're right. That of course that could never happen again. We had a years ago. We got an email from a guy who said he saved up his paper route money, went downtown, bought a rifle. And got on a bus and went back to White Bear with the rifle. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, today he'd be in shackles. You would think. Well, maybe not. Isn't that, that's how uh, Lee Harvey Oswald went to uh, work that day with his with his fake rifle yeah. uh, well, he, uh, that, that he stashed was, in the window. The $27 while, uh, it, rifle? While government <laughs> agents actually did the assassination You work. know, <laughs> now, first of all, <laughs> Manlicher Carnico, Italian here. rifle, that works quite well, especially for a guy who is a marksman in the Marine Corps. the sound you hear is John biting on a hook. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrapped it in drapes so nobody he's would know. Flashing, he's flashing. He's slamming him, himself so. against the side of the boat. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he's now flopping around in the bottom of the boat. I love GLers. You guys are bastards. I love yep. GLers who yep. have come to the point 
where they're competing to see who can do the ad for me. That is great, isn't it? I just think it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Michael Farley writes, Joe, after listening to you for two decades on radio and podcasts, it is finally my honor to write one of your ads. This weekend, my wife and I were in the Chanhassen area for our wedding anniversary. After attending the dinner theater and a gourmet steam train ride, we wanted a simple meal and atmosphere Sunday night. I suggested Red Savoy Pizza, and the nearest location to us was just 10 minutes away in Eden Prairie. Nice. The restaurant itself was clean and comfortable. The service fantastic. We ordered the meat raffle, the perfect Minnesota pizza with a perfectly Minnesota name. Savoy's original sausage, pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hamburger atop the red sauce and covered with delicious cheeses. We also ordered the adult mac and cheese. I know the mac and cheese was delicious, but my wife turned to me and said, do you mind if I finish this off? Did I get FFLF'd? On the mac and cheese, maybe, but I didn't mind. I had had my fill and returned to the pizza. It was good, and I ate the leftovers in the car on the way home Monday. Kind of <laughs> like Kenny with his salmon. On the wall in the restaurant was a framed Pioneer Press article about Red, and it was fun to learn about him and his great Twin City staple. Get your Red Savoy for football this upcoming weekend. Pizza and pull tabs are back. Buy pizza with pizza and stuff. 16 convenient locations with two... New restaurants in the Southwest Metro on the way, which should be great for Reavers on his drive home. Red Savoy Pizza. <laughs> Visit them at redsavoypizza.com. Michael in Bismarck, North Dakota, 5960. Hey, GLers, if you're looking to improve the water quality in your home, then trust my friends at Hofferman Water. They are your local independent water treatment dealer, and they have been serving Minnesotans for nearly 50 years, and they understand the unique problems that Minnesota water brings. They are also an independent and authorized Connecticut dealer, so whether you're looking to soften, filter, or you just want your water to taste better, they will help make your water worry-free. I'm a prime example. I went with the Connecticut system a couple of years ago. I have the S. 650 system inside my home it made an absolute world of difference it improved everything your 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 dishes your your laundry your showers everything inside your home gets better with Connecticut and my friends at Hofferman Water if you already have a water treatment system in your home well they can help you with service and repairs they specialize in Connecticut products but service many other major brands too they can also help with salt delivery filter changes parts repairs and more give them a shout to you can call them at 612-895-2440 for a free water analysis and estimate, or just check them out online at hoffermanwater.com, and please let them know that Garage Logic sent you. This guy wears many hats, told just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Let's give this a go. Sun came up today. DK Mags, they threw open the doors at 10 a.m. at their brick-and-mortar store, Old 8 in New Brighton. Uh, the other store is also open, Monticello Pond and Gun, Highway 25, south of 95. DKMags.com, the web address. And what else do you need to know? Seriously. Uh, well, maybe you need to know the staff at both locations are honest, down-to-earth GLers or GL types. Well, they are, and they're going to treat you right. Uh, whether this is your first firearms or accessories purchase or you do it on a weekly basis, that I know firsthand. Do you need to know that you can buy in-store or through the online catalog? I've done that too. Super easy. Accessories. Now, I, I bring up accessories because it's a great place to pick up gifts for your friends, your loved ones, 
or even yourself. You don't even have to know what you're going to buy when you get there. Hop in, give the counter guys the heads up, tell them the guy, the woman you're buying for, let them help you out. They'll do it. DK Mags in New Brighton and Monticello Pawn and Gun, a couple of wonderful shops run by GLers for us GLers. Cook County, Chicago, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox called statements made by Mayor Lori Lightfoot about the handling of a deadly shooting case inappropriate and wrong. Well, that's what inappropriate used to mean, Kim, inappropriate and wrong. Uh, this is an example of the uh, progressives in Chicago beginning to just gather around themselves in a circular firing squad. Uh, Fox said that as a prosecutor, she doesn't try cases in the media. That's because as prosecutors, we recognize that our words uh, can be used, whether the uh, whether by defense counsels or jurors in making a determination in the believability of our evidence, Fox said. The announcement came amid criticism of Fox's office after the decision by prosecutors to reject charges in a deadly gang-related shooting in the Austin neighborhood last week. Lightfoot spoke Monday and called Fox, called on Fox to reverse her officer's, her office's decision on the case. If they do not feel like the criminal justice system is going to hold them accountable, we're going to see a level of brazenness that will send this city into chaos. And we cannot let that happen, the mayor said. Send the city it's into chaos. It's already happened, Lori. Fox said there was not enough evidence to support felony charges. And the police said the people arrested refused to tell them anything. But Lightfoot, herself a former prosecutor, believes there's evidence to make a case. I think there's evidence there. We've got videotape. We have a marked squad of uniformed officers who are on the scene observing it. At a bare minimum, the individuals who initiated the firefight must be prosecuted. Speaking on Tuesday, Fox defended the decision by her office after the mayor's comments and said some of her statements were not correct. It was inappropriate, Fox said. It was wrong. Well, it's either one, Fox. Pick a word. Use the word wrong. As a prosecutor who understands the oath and as a former prosecutor discussing the facts of this case uh, in the press without benefit of all the evidence does a disservice to the communities who have been impacted by this violence. Our job is not simply to make an arrest, but also to get a conviction. In an effort to get a conviction, we must make sure that the evidence is held in the highest integrity. During a budget meeting with Alderman Monday, police acknowledged that despite being caught on a city POD camera, the shooting was between what are called mutual combatants. <laughs> and, that it's, and that it's hard to discern, discern who fired first and who might have been acting in self-defense, but they agree with the mayor who says the charges of some sh sort should have been filed against all involved. At her press conference Tuesday, Fox called for a meeting between herself, the mayor, and police officials, whom she accused of mishandling high-profile investigations in recent weeks and then leaking information that would make her office look bad. Last week, Cook County prosecutors came under fire for making a similar argument after a teenager was stabbed to death during a fight in Schaumburg. The family of the victim, 18-year-old Manuel Portes Jr., later told WGN that prosecutors specifically said they weren't charging the 17-year-old suspect with murder because the fatal fight amounted to mutual combat. Really? What? Really? So this got me... This got me fired up. I went down the rabbit hole here. I went to the Chicago Tribune. I could come up with 50 of these. Get this one. In fact, we were sent the video that you were describing mm -hmm. uh, on social media, and I was watching it as you were as you were talking about mm -hmm. this. It's, it's clear as day that this kid just openly shot and fired at this kid. His body's in the street, and it was right in front of a squad car. Yep. Wow. 
John, do you have the names of the gangs? I do. Uh, let me see. Uh, around uh, 10.30 a.m. Friday, which is weird enough, don't you think? Sure. 10.30 in the morning right to in have a little, yeah, a little gang gunfight. Yeah. Uh, me- members of the Body Snatchers faction of the Four Corner Hustlers. So the Four Corner Hustlers have different divisions, they have apparently. Subsets. They sure. have yeah. yeah. The Body Snatchers here uh, drove down the 1200 block of North Mason Avenue in two Dodge Chargers. So basically, uh, like tanks rolling down the street, mm-hmm. bega- began shooting into a home using handguns that were modified into automatic weapons. Members of the rival Jack Boys faction then fired back from inside the home. Jack so, Boys. Uh, no, um, we're not prosecuting anybody. I, by the way, no, Kenny, I nobody. just retweeted it from my personal account. I'll also retweeted it from the, from the GL account so people can see exactly what's going on. Well, get this. This, this is the Chicago Tribune, September 4 of this year, just about, what, a month ago. Chicago police and Cook County prosecutors were locked in a tense dispute last week over whether to bring murder charges in the shooting that killed 7-year-old Serenity Broughton and wounded her 6-year-old sister, the Chicago Tribune has learned. Prosecutors rejected felony charges against one suspect who was in custody, saying the evidence against him had significant weaknesses, sources said. For one thing, a key witness, a relative of the girls who police believe had been involved in a dispute with at least one suspect, was not cooperating with authorities. In addition, the suspect did not confess to police, sources said, and prosecutors believe there was not sufficient physical evidence or video evidence tying him directly to the shooting. Police, on the other hand, say their case is solid. At first took the, the police at first took the extraordinary step of overriding the prosecutor's decision intending to take the case to court without the prosecutor's blessing, but prosecutors indicated they would dismiss the case. By Saturday morning, the standoff had reached an uneasy resolution. Police backed away from their attempt to outflank prosecutors on the murder charge, in part because top brass wanted to avoid a public fight with Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox's office. Instead, the suspect was to be kept in custody on a minor parole violation. The Tribune is not naming the suspect because he has not been charged in the shooting. The man did not appear in court Saturday. A representative of the Illinois Department of Court Corrections, which handles parole violations, could not be reached for comment. A, a, a spokesperson for the Cook County State's Attorney's Office said there was agreement Saturday on the handling of the case. After a thorough review of the information presented to us by police, we concluded that the evidence was insufficient to meet our burden of proof to file murder charges at this time, and the police agreed with that decision, said Tondra Simonton of Fox's office. The Chicago, Chicago Police Department declined to comment. The case was the latest internal political fight between Chicago police and the state's attorney's office, which have pointed fingers at each other amid the city's seemingly intractable gun violence. Apart from the high-level political disputes, the decision on whether to bring felony charges can be a point of fric- friction between rank-and-file cops and prosecutors, who in other parts of the system generally must work hand-in-hand. Typically, to bring a felony case... The police bring their investigation work to the Cook County State's Attorney's Felony Review Unit, where prosecutors examine the potential evidence and determine whether to bring charges, reject charges, or mark the case as a continuing investigation. Serenity and her six-year-old sister, Aubrey, were in a parked car near their maternal grandmother's home in the 6200 block of West Grand Avenue in the belmont Cragen community, where they were shot August 15th. There was chaos and confusion when the shots were fired, the girl's paternal grandmother told the Tribune, but in the back seat of their parents' car, the sisters clung to one another. 
My God. They were hugging, said Regina Broughton, who was not the allegedly who was not the allegedly uncooperative relative. When they separated and pulled apart, there was blood on both of them. Serenity had been shot in the chest, a bullet clipping her heart. A bullet also hit Aubrey in the chest, but she survived. Aubrey, the bullet ruptured her lung and she had to be intubated, Regina Broughton said the day after the shooting. Serenity's injury was fatal. She didn't have a chance. Oh, man. On Saturday, Broughton said she was still hoping and praying that there's a resolution to the case, noting how police got so close to solving it. I hope someone comes forward. This is unbelievable. This is happening. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the prosecutors are not prosecuting. But how is, if you are a prosecutor, how can you hear that story or read the details of that story and feel comfortable with your decision making? What, what, what is wrong with your, the way that your mind is wired to make you think that your decision was just was fine? That you don't want to bring thugs like this to justice? Where, where do you go wrong in that, in that regard? Well, uh, Terry provides this. He just saw this online and had to share it. Breaking news out of Chicago. Two social workers were dispatched to the shooting call shortly after the gun was fired. Both social workers immediately responded to the scene in their Toyota Prius. A spokesperson for the social worker said that the shooting could have been prevented if the shooter did not have a student loan payment due each month. Apparently, the shooting suspect was upset that he had to pay monthly rent payments on the first of the month, and he had been suffering PTSD for almost a year after going to a Starbucks and being told they did not have any latte macchiato available that day. The FBI warns that the suspect may be returning to his home. However, they were unsure of how many stops it would take to plug, its elect- plug in his electric car for more power. Well, obviously, Terry made this up, but you ain't far from that. That's what's You ain't far from that at all. You ain't far from that at all. Welcome to the future of socialism in this country. I don't get it. I really don't. I really don't. Well, there's something afoot here. You know, you had mentioned that you had you had been in communication with someone that's a prosecutor. Is that accurate? Uh, no, I've been in communication with some attorneys. Sorry. Yeah. But you said that we got to get to the bottom. There, there's a movement here that that apparently we have no understanding what's going on. Yeah, I, I just what, what's going on behind the scenes to cause to cause this? Is it jails are full? Uh, what what is it? Is there dirty money changing hands? What? what well, my, my thought, like a bad TV show, immediately went to uh, Kim Fox being somehow affiliated with gang members, right. <laughs> which you know is a TV thing. It's but. Something you're right. It as seems in she's like something getting, has to be. Isn't like she's getting paid off, John? Is that what you're paid off or knows someone? That wow. kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's just a you know well, speculation. But prosecutor, prosecutors have uh, reduced their prosecutions in Seattle and Portland too. Yeah, that's true. In yeah. Ramsey County. Yeah. Uh, yep. You're right. It's the deconstruction of the law. But I didn't think it would get to murder cases. I mean, it's one thing to have a large argument about missing license tabs. Joe. It's another thing to have murderers shooting each other on film and a prosecutor saying, you know, I just don't think that's sufficient evidence. At 10 in the morning. And when you watch the video that I just posted, when you see that, you see this kid take out another kid's life and then they dump the body out of one of those Dodge Chargers. I mean, this is, 
This is complete madness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it, it encompasses many of the things we've been talking about as, as they pertain to the mystery. There is a, there is a belief, unfortunately, I think it's becoming increasingly widespread. There is a belief that, uh, these are crimes only because there's a law in the books and the law was written unfairly because it did not take into account uh, people okay. of color. Uh, this, mutual okay, this mutual combatant thing is a new one to me. Is that going to be the new standard now? Well, mm. we're not going to prosecute gang warfare because, you know, we don't know who fired first. They're, they're mutual combatants. Is this the left doing one thing or saying one thing and doing the other? Here's... Here's where my train of thought is. Um, what we've been talking about for a few years is expecting less from black students, from black people, right? Yes. What's your phrase for that? Um, Making uh, black children less than, particularly in the schools. Okay. Since these are black-on-black -black crimes, since most of these non-prosecuted crimes are on black people since all of the violence, not all of it, but most of the violence we're seeing in, in Minneapolis is on the north side. Uh, are they just letting this happen just to keep the black people where they are? Boy, isn't that a dreadful thought? Isn't that a dreadful thought? Where, you know, is, on there, one, where is their compassion? Well, I, I don't get it because they, they act and they preach and they say they're doing everything they can for, you know, air quotes, the black community, but yet everything they do is the opposite. It doesn't benefit them at all, and, and it hurts them. Yeah. Well, you'll recall, I believe it was as recently as last so, week, that Philippe Cunningham rejected the idea that the National Guard should become involved. What he wanted was send me more resources. Well, Philippe is black, is he not? Yes. So, uh, can, can he, Kimberly Fox is also black, the prosecutor in Chicago. Yeah. Lori Lightfoot, okay. the mayor, is black. Okay, so that blows up my theory then, right? Not necessarily. So then I, I, Not necessarily. I don't have a theory then. It, it just seems, it seems like they say they're big-upping them and they're doing everything to help them, but they're hurting them, and are they doing it on purpose, I guess, is my question. I'm not prepared to make that charge. Well, then how do they not see that they're harming them in every way? I mean, you've already got a struggle just to get out of the ghetto. I'm thinking about, hold on, let me get his name here. The kid that wrote the two editorials, Marcus oh, yeah. Hunter II. Yep. Just for this kid, a brilliant kid, he is struggling to get out of the north side of the ghetto. He will. He will. He will, but it's a real struggle. And he's a good guy, and he's doing good. So what about the kids that are already in a gang or that they've seen the big money that comes with uh, selling crack or whatever they're doing, stealing cars, I don't know, whatever. How are you going to get to them? You're not. No. You're not. No, everything that the Democrats say they're doing keeps them, for lack of a better word, down. Mm -hmm. It's the man keeping them down. Mm -hmm. I saw a thread, and I was trying to find it over the weekend, of a gentleman that I follow that posted photos, and there I think it was over 100 different photos, and it was a timeline, so from January 1st to where we're at today, and it was all kids under the age of 10 
who had been murdered in Crossfire, a couple of them that were here in the state of Minnesota, but it was a timeline, so of January, whatever. And I thought, again, how can you as a prosecutor see that and see innocent lives of kids under the age of 10 being taken because you could have possibly prevented some of this by keeping these animals behind bars? Mm-hmm. And Chris, we say it about the witnesses. You know, how many kids do we have dead in, in Minneapolis? How come no witnesses have come forth? Yeah. What, what's going well, on? Well, we had the story last week. John had it in his news where um, n- people refused to testify. People refused to speak. And the case was dropped. And just mm-hmm. like that. There was, there still is, I believe, a couple hundred grand on the table for the three children who were shot in April, in May. Mm-hmm. And no one's talking. And here you have a case where the little seven-year-old girl dies in Chicago, and uh, apparently she has a relative that's somehow involved with somebody who was involved, and she won't talk. So part of the problem, too, is the overriding problem of life having lost its meaning. That yeah, is a big part of it. there you go, yeah. right there. I mean, those, those gangsters who are shooting and killing innocent people in Crossfire, they have no moral or ethical remorse. There's, yeah. there's no uh, ground floor on which they stand in morality. Rolling gunfights, car yeah. to car. Yeah. yeah. Bullets going everywhere. Well, be careful where you work. You know, you got to rethink everything. I've, uh, I've visited Centerpoint of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park a few times just to enjoy the scenery. It's an eight-building, single-story, each building a single-story and a rolling park-like setting in Mendota. Easy access to the airport, both downtowns. Easy access to 55, 62, 494, 35. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. The par- no parking hassles. You park free in front of your building. No elevator hassles. There aren't any. Each space has its own restroom. Each space has wave air purification systems. Each office space is customizable, so you get exactly what you want. So maybe it's time that you and your employees work where it's easier to work, safer to work, more comfortable to work, and free of the kind of hassles that have always accompanied traditional workplaces. Patio space available for lunches. Find out more at Escape to Mendota. That's one word, escapetomendota.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And as you've been hearing over the course of the last couple of months, Josh asks you one simple question, and that's always, do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, well, they don't. They absolutely have no idea. Josh has also seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that those bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, know what you own. And you'll hear from Mr. Money Talk later today here in Garage Logic to give you a specialized report on the goings-on in the market today. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by calling 952 925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. 
as we listen to Blue Cheer in the background. (laughs) Nice reference. You're welcome, John. Uh, If you're thinking about buying a safe this weekend, it's the time. Maple Grove Lock and Safe having their giant open house sale at the new location. It starts this Friday the 8th, runs through the 15th. Big, big doings. The party, the food, the meal, the glad handing. That happens on Saturday, this Saturday the 9th. Food available starting at 11 a.m. until it's gone. Uh, MGLNS, they offer more than just the world-famous Liberty Safe that I always talk about. Saturday's sale offerings uh, includes an overstock sale on Centurion, the CNN, excuse me, the CN series of safes. Tactical 24s, ammo cans, all on sale, best prices of the year. They're in stock, ready to go. You can take them home. Uh, and these safes, they, they got to get them out of there to make room for the new stuff. If you purchase a CN series safe or a tactical safe along with the uh, deluxe accessory bundle, you get free installation on the accessories bundle. Which, that's a $50 savings. The first five people who purchase a CN24 loaded or tactical, you're going to draw on the spot for a gift card worth up to $100. It starts this Friday. The big, um, the food, everything is Saturday. uh, And the amazing prices last through the 15th. The location, this is their brand new location. If you haven't been there yet, 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove. And, of course, on the web at maplegrovelockandsafe.com. There's a plan in St. Paul to close schools because there are too many schools and not enough students. So why is the school asking us for more money? Hmm. (laughs) Under-enrolled schools don't generate enough revenue to open their doors, so the district routinely shifts money from high schools to cover them, officials say. Well, how does a school create revenue? How does a public school create revenue? You don't pay to attend a public school. True. They gave an example of an unidentified elementary school that brings in $1.6 million in annual revenue but costs $2.5 million to operate. What is this? What, 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 how does an elementary school bring in $1.6 million in annual revenue? Help oh. staff? Anyone? Staff? I, I don't know the answer to that. Pan, pancake feed. I, I, don't, <laughs> I have no idea. Sporting events? Um, I can't. I don't know. I can't think of uh, sporting events that could generate right. a million point six. Right. And then to discover that that's not enough anyway, because these people who are incompetent need two point five million to operate it. Well, Joe, it's never enough. Superintendent Joe Gothard said the district will have to close and combine some schools in order to create the schools our students deserve. They don't want your schools, Joe. There's been a tremendous uh, fleeing of the public school system. Unless they take action, the district projects the number of projects the number of schools with fewer than 300 students will go from 10 this year to 19 by 2024. Oh. Wow. Oh. Well, these kids obviously have found different places to go if they're not in the public school mm-hmm. system. So why does that charge? Why does that cost me more money? I know a family that removed their kids from St. Paul schools. They moved to the suburbs, but they still removed their kids. I've always said I think a kid can get a great education at a public high school. Sure. But not if the atmosphere has reached the point where it's insufferable to be there. Well, and I know in the specific case I'm referring to, it was it was not even necessarily an administration issue. It was more of a safety issue. Well, yeah. How can there be equity if the communities are not part of that decision-making 
Union President Lee Van Dasser said. Wait a minute. During a forum with its endorsed school board candidates last week, the St. Paul Federation of Educators, Educators complained that the district hasn't involved the public. How can there be equity if the, school, if the communities are not part of that decision-making? Union President Lee, Leah Van Dasor said. The candidates included Clayton Howitt, who as a parent leader played a key role in keeping Galtier open. He said, it's deeply troubling the district wants to close schools attended by black and brown students. Aren't, doesn't every school have black and brown students? I think so. I, I see the Pioneer Press now. It capitalizes black but not brown. Okay. Well, what, what, wait a minute here. First of all, you're, whoever you are, Clayton, you're full of B as in B, S as in S. What, what, he's, he's contending that only schools catering to black and brown students would be closed. All schools are attended by black and brown students. All, all schools in St. Paul are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at the demographics. Right. The 2016 plan would have closed Galtier and sent its students to Hamlin Elementary. Those schools now have a combined 460, ideal for a three-section school. Other elementary schools, far, uh, other elementary schools far short of what the district calls sustainable are Cherokee Heights, uh, 185 kids, Highwood Hills, 226, Maxfield, Dayton's Bluff, Johnson, Jackson, Obama, and Eastern Heights. Well. Don't you? You don't get any more money then. <laughs> and it's it's they're calling for the maximum they can on the property tax increase. Why you can't even keep your schools open? There's nobody wants to go to them. Well, Joe, if they just had the funding, maybe other kids would be enticed. To, you know what? We need a recruitment campaign. That's what the money's going to be used for. Right there, right there. Billboard, Such. Huh? <laughs> Officials uh, also will be mindful of the district's competition, which includes racially segregated charter schools such as Hmong College Prep Academy, Community School of Excellence, and Higher Ground Academy. They're telling us they want to go to school with kids who look like them and speak the same language, Turner said, whoever Turner is. Every school in St. Paul, you're going to find kids who look like you. (laughs) Everyone! Uh, Turner said the district believes in both parent choice and racial integration. Under the consolidation plan, the district intends to continue offering schools that appeal to certain demographics. Regardless of where you live in the city, you will have an option, she said. You already do. (laughs) You go to school where you see kids look like you. You morons. That's is, Chief Academic Officer Kate Wilcox-Harris. Is, no, that's Turner. Who's Turner in this story? Turner's the guy, I thought. Wasn't it Clayton? Oh, no, I'll find it. Clayton Turner. Turner Clayton. Uh, Clayton, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Moore. Uh, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Doesn't make any damn difference, does it? It's just amazing. You you uh, you're telling us on the one hand that yep. you have to close schools and uh, and you have shrinking enrollments, and on the other hand, you have your hands out for more money. No, no, no. How about no? <laughs> COO Jackie Turner, Chief Operations Officer. There, there you go. go. Yeah. By the Same way, we you. know what our mayor has been doing in St. Paul. He's What's been, that? Well, he must be doing a lot of running because he successfully yeah. ran the Twin Cities Marathon. Oh. 
So who is he running? Who is he running from? Were you chasing him? No, <laughs> no. But apparently that no one works in City Hall. They still haven't returned. So, but he must be out running because. Uh, oh, maybe he just took off running and never turned around. He was like Forrest Gump. Forrest yeah. Gump. Yeah. He was a hell of a track star <laughs> at Central High School. Oh, good. Yep. In hey, fact, uh, uh, in fact, the guy I was bragging about, my son-in-law, at some meet when they were in high school, ran against him. Oh, yeah. Mm. How'd that work out? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure it was great. You know, but gee, he hasn't been seen doing any mayor stuff. But he's, he ran the marathon, which is fantastic. Any mention of an increase in property taxes when he crossed the finish line? He carried a sign saying, buckle up. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> we need more money for schools that no longer exist. Well, that's that's absolutely accurate, Joe. Gee whiz. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up. Get ready. Here come the taxes. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh-huh. Get ready. <laughs> Hold Here up. Here come the taxes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Something ain't right. <laughs> Hell, are they even in? Are, all the schools are open, aren't they, to in-person learning? Yeah, I think well, so. Well, we yeah. had the story. There was one that had to close. There was a high school in Minneapolis or St. Paul that had to close due to safety concerns, so their distance learning. I think Johnny had it. Oh, in the news. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't John. I can't remember. Well, you get a little safety Don't concern remember. once in a while. Because they had a homeless encampment uh, in front of the Oh, that's right. In yeah. In front of the school. Yeah. Oh, that was Minneapolis. It was Minneapolis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fry finished an hour ahead of Carter. What was Fry's times? times? 253.22. Really? Well, what was, Turner, what Minne- was uh, Melvin's uh, turn? Uh, Melvin's was 357.02. Oh, well, good. My guy it always him. goes uh, Minneapolis. Huh? Wait, what? When does Fry find time to do all the running? That's a very good time. Two fifty-three. Minneapolis is just always better than St. Paul. He probably just took the light rail anyway. He (laughs) He did a Rosie Ruiz and just popped off the green line. (laughs) Did I tell you, by the way? Excuse me. I took the light rail the other day for the first time since I had an issue a couple years ago. Yeah. This was before. Gopher homecoming. Right. A couple Saturdays ago. It was me, my dad, and my two boys. All right? What'd you have for breakfast that day, Chris? Bloody Mary. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, we get on it here, take it to the stadium. <laughs> Keep in mind, Gopher homecoming. Beautiful day. They had, must have had, I think they had close to 30, 40,000, whatever they had. Nobody was on that thing. Okay. Oh, really? Where's Nobody the, where's was the, on. Where's the scan bucket? Where's the coins? Why? You've told us that story. It was off the air, though, wasn't it? Oh, you told that. Did I really? Yeah. I don't know where the coins are. I don't think your button's working here. I don't see the coins. I'll just give it to myself. It's it's like hanging out with my grandpa in the 80s. He told me the same story about how his dog died about 900 times. (laughs) See, I've been making a mistake in my Grunhofer's ads, and I'm deeply apologetic. Uh Uh, In fact, Andrew writes, on a recent Grunhofer's ad, uh, someone described the new location as being east of 35E. That is just plain wrong. Really? The new location is north of the uh, 35E and 35W split. Oh, God. It is merely east of 35. Are are you kidding? Andrew. Andrew. Oh, my God. You know what? Andrew, no. Kenny's Kenny's leaving. No, no. It's a class. I hear the screen door slamming behind him in frustration. He's he's out. Screen door slam. Pushing back even against GL, Andrew Smith. No, thank you for that correction. 
because I've been people that might have confused people. So the new Grunhoffers in Forest Lake is just east of 35 yeah. on, on, on uh, Highway. You've been there. I, 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 did. I gave it a glowing review. I Obviously, I, I misspoke when I said it was east of 35E when it is, in fact, east of 35. But if you are heading up north, it's the perfect stop because you got a quick trip. You get your fuel. You get your whatever you need. You get your Grund. And then there's a liquor store well, that's just a couple doors down. I don't think we need down. to advertise the fuel in the liquor store. I'm just saying, if you're heading Spencer's north. Spencer's paying us. He's not, the liquor store has never sent me a dime. No, my, my point was going to be Spencer picked an absolutely perfect location. It is a good location. The original location, of course, is uh, just north of Hugo on Highway 61. And it's uh, the home of uh, the meatloafs, if there's any left after Reaver's invasion last I left weekend. One. I left one. Burgers, brats, ham, thick-cut bacon, salmon, seasonings, you name it. Just uh, the Wagyu steaks and beef. and I mean Wagyu steaks and burgers. It's just, uh, it's been a meat paradise. It's been the great discovery of GLers now in uh, Forest Lake, just off 30, east of 35 on Highway 97. This is Patrick Gracie for The Canopy Group. Your kids are back in school, and when they get home, they do their homework, or they're supposed to do their homework. Why don't you do your homework? You have been with that same home and auto insurance company that has only one agent who represents only one insurance company for years. You deserve options. Let's face it, your insurance needs change as the years go by. Insurance companies' rates certainly change as the years go by. That is why the Canopy Group provides you with 16 options, not one, 16. Don't tell your kids, but you can outsource your homework to the Canopy Group. They will teach you how they find the best insurance coverage for the best price, not only today, but each and every year. Contact the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com and let them do the homework for you. This afternoon. So uh, again? Okay. God almighty. God, never ends. We interrupt Kenny's personal story for Garage Logic. <laughs> Hi. This isn't working again. This isn't yeah, working. Well, I'm not going to do this ad until I hear a liner. Well, it won't work. His moisture count is this at guy 16. Wears mayonnaise, <laughs> just not indoors. Go sushi GLers, we are excited to welcome a new partner to the podcast. It's St. Paul's own Mosaica Hard Surface. Here's what they do. They specialize in the sourcing, supply, and installation of hard surface-based materials, you know, such as granite, marble, and quartz for your kitchen, bath, fireplace, bar, outdoor kitchen, Anywhere that you can possibly dream up, they will get it done, done right, but also they will get it done under budget. Corey and Jay are the owners of Mosaica Hard Surface, and they want to work with you. There's a lot of people out there doing this, but I'm here to tell you they are the best. They've been around for 20 years, and they do things the GL way, which means they only use the best materials, and they also custom cut everything in their state-of-the-art facility. They also install everything themselves. Not everybody does that, and it's because they want every single aspect of your project to be perfect. Corey and his team want to work with you, so here's the deal. You can check out their new showroom on Marshall Avenue in St. Paul, or just call Corey directly at 651-242-0894, or just visit them online at mosaicahardsurface.com. That's M-O-S. A-I-C-A hardsurface.com and please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast. Here's John Height. Uh, thank you, Joe. Before I get to the news, let me uh, correct something I said earlier. The bus service up here, Kotke's bus service. There we go. And 
They have a $3,000 sign-on bonus. Uh, They start you at $19 an hour. And if you have bus experience, you would make higher to start. So Hmm. there you go. A deputy returned fire after a man was firing a gun in a residential Blaine neighborhood late Monday night. The man was hit, taken to a local hospital. According to the Anoka County Sheriff's Office, deputies called to the area of Quincy Drive Northeast and 106th Avenue at about 10.15 on a report that a man was firing a gun in the area. Deputies at that point advised residents who heard gunshots to stay in their homes. Law enforcement set up a perimeter in the area to contain the man firing shots. The sheriff's office said a deputy ultimately fired a weapon at the man. His condition has not yet been released. The Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is investigating. The Blaine Police Department is investigating what led up to the man firing shots in the residential area. Uh, Four people in the hospital after they were shot last night near a gas station in North Minneapolis. According to the police department there, officers responded to the sound of gunshots near North Lindale and West Broadway about 8.15. Police said arriving officers came across three male victims who'd been shot. They were all taken to the hospital. They were all expected to survive. A fourth victim later walked into North Memorial. Police said one of the victims at the gas station is juvenile. Shooting remains under investigation and police are checking surveillance footage in the area in search of a possible suspect. A prominent DFL lawmaker announced Tuesday he will run for Hennepin County Attorney. House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler said he wants to bring progressive leadership to the position. Because that's what we need more of. That's what we need. We need more progressives to prosecute. (laughs) And wants to prioritize addressing violent crime. Winkler is a lawyer from Golden Valley. He's been a proponent of legalizing marijuana and enacting stronger police accountability measures. Uh, Mary Moriarty is also announced she's running for Hennepin County Attorney. Uh, Mike Freeman announced he will not be pursuing another term. The election takes place November of 2022. Where does Mary stand on the police? Do we know? That I do not know. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry tested negative for COVID-19 Monday after he was exposed to someone who tested positive for the virus at a campaign event. He spent Monday in quarantine. Uh, Tuesday morning, uh, uh, his office reported that because of the negative COVID test, he is no longer in isolation. Fry's office said the mayor is fully vaccinated, and while he's not currently experiencing symptoms, he is committed to following public health guidance. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, sir. If he was in quarantine Monday... We were just talking about him running the marathon on Sunday. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, so he's a super spreader. He's a super spreader. Ooh, tisk, tisk. 26 miles he was spreading Ooh. that stuff. Well, when did he find out? I would assume after the marathon, I would hope anyway. If right. not, then yeah. Right. Mm. So... Uh, 21 COVID-19 deaths reported in Minnesota on Monday. That raises the total in September to 276. Last month's total the highest since January when 775 people died at the end of Minnesota's most severe pandemic wave. Increases in COVID-19 deaths have routinely lagged a few weeks behind increases in infections. Whether Minnesota has peaked in the latest pandemic wave is unclear. The state on Monday reported a positivity rate. Uh, testing that is above the 5% caution threshold, but below the high of 7.1% of a week ago. On the national COVID front, Senator Lindsey Graham booed by Republican activists Saturday after he suggested they should consider taking the vaccine making him the latest prominent Republican to face a backlash from the party's grassroots over the vaccine. He was speaking at a Republican event in Somerville, South Carolina. 
He encouraged audience members to take the vaccine that he had already received. He said, if you hadn't had the vaccine, you ought to think about getting it, because if you're my age, at that point, he was interrupted by boos and shouts of no from the audience. Mm. Graham cited statistics showing the vast majority of coronavirus hospital patients are unvaccinated. That only angered the audience more. I'm glad I got it, he said. 92% of people in the hospitals are unvaccinated. And then he was drowned out by shouts of false and not true. Francis Haugen, a former product manager for Facebook, told a Senate hearing that the social network's products harm children, stoke division, and weaken our democracy. Facebook pushing back Tuesday morning on Twitter, saying Ms. Haugen did not work on their child safety section. Haugen, citing the internal documents that she provided to lawmakers, stressed how the problems with the social network lay with Facebook's algorithms and the decisions the company made as to what people see on the platform. Haugen said that lawmakers had to demand more transparency from Facebook into its algorithms and internal metrics if they hope to understand and regulate it. I don't understand uh, why a 15-year-old, uh, an age I'm just picking arbitrarily, uh, believes that having a Facebook account is uh, is somehow adding to their life experience. I don't understand it. Well, but that's I think that's an age problem. It is because I have I have no desire to even know anything about it, much mm-hmm. less now. Every time I say that, I'm told by people around me that you have a Facebook account. No, this show does. Right, but I don't. Yes, I personally don't. You have a Twitter account, yeah, but you don't have a Facebook. But when I account. get an email from a listener uh, linking me to something they want me to see on Facebook, I cannot, right? Because Same, I don't, yeah. ha- I don't have any means of, of opening that. I just, I guess, I found it so coincidental that Facebook, Instagram, and uh, other platforms were just randomly shut down yesterday after the sixty Minutes report. I mean, man, what are the odds that happened, John? How is it My harming favorite, children? Uh, How are they being steered? To uh, sites they shouldn't be steered to? Are they being subjected to advertising for products they can't possibly need or want? There's uh, some I, of that, yes. I don't understand it. I just I just don't know what good this... Now you're going to say it's accomplished a lot of good. People have found friends they haven't known for years. And I get that. I get all that. But largely speaking, I just don't understand what, what goodness this has introduced to our life. Go ahead, John. I, uh, I, I do have a, a, a child, as you guys know, in his mid-20s who says his generation pretty much does not care for Facebook at all and yeah. doesn't use it much. Yeah. He said Same they're, they're, the... all, they're all gone. They've moved on to other things. Yeah, my, my 21-year-old, the same thing. And uh, same with Twitter, too. He says they're for uh, us old people. They're yeah. on the TikToks. The old people uh, line is used a lot on. in my household. Yeah. For Facebook, especially. Well, Instagram is big with the teen to thirty-year-old crowd. Correct. Instagram yes. and yep. TikTok are the uh, big ones. Joe is yep. rolling his eyes. Because Did you <laughs> see the reason given for Facebook being down? No. Yeah, I'm the look- internet problem. They said. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm looking up for. Well, the- I commend this woman, by the way. Yeah, she, I don't know what she's- the hell she's telling me, but I I, I commend her for telling me. Well, she basically did it because she wanted to be the person that said, hey, I, I want to be in charge of, you know, kind of helping out without the passing of dis- misinformation. Correct, John? Wasn't that her big stance yeah, when she still much. worked there? Yep. Yep. 
Senator Joe Manchin, the Democratic linchpin in budget negotiations, said this morning that he does not consider the end of October to be the deadline for Democrats to come to a deal on their budget reconciliation deal. That contradicts Democratic leaders who want both reconciliation and the infrastructure bill passed by Halloween. Manchin, who has said his current stance is that reconciliation should cost no more than $1.5 trillion, said he will not rule out agreeing to a bill between $1.9 and $2.2 trillion. That's the current range Democrats are targeting for a compromise between moderates and progressives. Congress did pass an extension on surface transportation funding through the end of October last week when Democrats could not come to a deal on a framework for their reconciliation bill that would allow the bipartisan infrastructure bill to pass. Forbes magazine has released its annual list of America's 400 wealthiest people, and for the first time since 1995, there's a notable absence. Donald Trump. Oh. The ex-president has featured been featured on every single Forbes 400 since 1996, usually in the top half. But the magazine says that Trump's estimated $2.5 billion fortune is $400 million short of this year's cutoff to get on the list. Forbes wrote that Trump's net worth has shrunk by $600 million since the start of the coronavirus pandemic because his portfolio is mainly made up of big city properties that have sat relatively empty for the past year and a half. The magazine added that Trump had a golden opportunity to offload those assets at the start of his presidency and now is paying the price for not doing so. Forbes saying if Trump is looking for someone to blame, he should start with himself. Do any of the people on that list have money in Trident Trust out of South uh, <laughs> Sioux Falls, South Dakota? Good question. Good yeah. question. If I had any money at all, that's where my money would be. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> we talked about this off air, and we said we should just pool our money and make a little GL trust. In yeah, South yeah. Dakota. Joe, you start. Up. Yeah, we I'll could start. come up with, uh, I don't know, what, we're good for about $1,300, aren't we? <laughs> Wait, each? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> each, really? Oh, total. Oh, okay. <laughs> U.S. Capitol Police have a man in custody after a suspicious vehicle was investigated hey, outside. Hey, wait, wait, John. Uh, yeah, stop. Huh? Yeah, sure, stop yeah. picking on that, Such. Yeah, yeah, what are you it's doing It's just going to bleed. It's going to bleed. I think I'm okay. Been driving me nuts for a year. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the process of picking a mole off my leg, oh too, Oh, my by God. The way. Stop talking. That's disgusting. <laughs> well, it's get, old people get, problems, Chris. Yeah, and I'm getting all kinds of body tags, just ridiculous yeah. amounts. And the roommate's out of town for a week, so she can't bark at me. So by the time she gets back, that mole is going to be gone. <laughs> and I got the swollen wrist from the wasp bites. Getting any better? Yeah, we're good. And I can't, for some reason, make a fist today with my right hand. I can't make an eight or a three. It's an arthritis <laughs> thing. Yeah. U.S. Capitol Police. And my left leg is killing me from pushing in the clutch the on that my, Alice. The bottom of my feet hurt. Ten after yeah. the hour, good neighbor. What ails you? Give us a call Give now. Give us a call now. Hey, go ahead, John. U.S. Capitol Police have a man in custody after a suspicious vehicle was investigated outside the Supreme Court this morning. A day after the court reconvened for a new session, a controlled detonation and smoke could be seen from a vehicle parked near the Supreme Court. Law enforcement team pulled the man, identified as 55-year-old Dale Paul Melvin, from an SUV after Capitol Police said they were trying to talk to the driver. Video captured a loud bang, showed law enforcement officers surrounding the car as smoke poured out. Melvin is from rural Michigan, about 60 miles north of Detroit. <laughs> the, 
The court term that began Monday will include a number of hotly debated issues, including abortion, gun Thank rights, God and I taxpayer stopped taking funding. Those, uh, blood thinning pills. Yeah, that'd be running down your face right now. I'd be red right now. (laughs) Looked like you just lost a bout with Muhammad Ali. (laughs) Engaging. uh, That's not Larry, is it? It is Larry. Uh, He's upstairs, though. Uh, Yeah, we're we're. Never mind. It's a long story. You don't want to hear about. But I don't. I don't. You didn't. He's not. He hasn't been fixed, has he? Is that what it is? Oh yeah, he was fixed a long time ago. Oh okay. okay. Before we ever got him. Yeah. All right. What the hell's going on? We're giving you your YouTube segment, <laughs> dummy. What do you think we're doing? Oh, my God. Oh, Minnesota-based Best Buy has rolled out a new $200 membership for customers across the country that would offer tech support and waive delivery fees and also give you exclusive access to some of the holiday season's hardest-to-find products. Best Buy tested the membership with a pilot program in the Twin Cities and a few other markets. It's called Total Tech. For 200 bucks, here's what you get. 24-7 Geek Squad tech support, plus up to two years of product protection on most Best Buy purchases, free delivery and standard installation, and exclusive Total Tech member prices. Uh, this holiday season, it's expected to be plagued uh, with supply issues. Total Tech members will get exclusive access okay. to some of the stu- uh, season's hardest-to-find products. And the, you know who's going to sign up for this. It's easily predictable. It's the people that resale, uh, resale, resell things on Amazon, right? Oh, they buy this stuff. Yeah, yeah, they buy this stuff. Um, they get in early. They you get it. And then, you mean eBay? Yeah, you and Amazon. It, no, I did, and you can also resell you on can, Amazon. Oh, I did not you, know that. Yeah, you can yep. become an Amazon seller. But yeah, eBay and Amazon and, and the like, yeah. Uh, bad criminal. Missouri Sheriff's Department was tipped off by an eagle-eyed citizen who noticed... Someone trying to sell a catalytic converter online <laughs> had posted a picture. Yeah. The picture included the catalytic converter and a large bag of meth and a syringe Ooh. in the background. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> According to the Stone County Sheriff's Office. Uh, detectives went to the man's home, served a search warrant. Stone County Sheriff Doug Rader writing on a Facebook post, you can imagine his surprise. He still had 48 grams of meth and a pistol that he's forbidden to own We've now provided him with a new place to stay. The sheriff's office identified the man as James Kurtz. A jail record indicated uh, the 38-year-old was arrested and booked on suspicion of drug-related offenses. Deputies said that Kurtz wasn't aware the photo showed the narcotics. As for those interested in buying the catalytic converter, unfortunately the item is not currently for sale anymore, according to the sheriff's office. Isn't it safe to assume that any catalytic converter being sold online is hot? I would assume that, but uh, mm. but without the meth sitting there, I don't think they would have come to his house. Interesting. <laughs> uh, very, the, Joe, you might uh, want to listen to this one. I'm going very, to. Like you normally don't. I listen don't. to them all. Very, very, <laughs> very, very odd story from Alabama. Three yeah. golfers in Alabama were injured over the weekend after several individuals dressed in camouflage attacked them at a golf course. Really? What? It happened during a tournament at the Kraft Farms Golf Resort in Gulf Shores just after 1 p.m. in the afternoon. The golfers told police an air horn was blown during each of their backswings on the course's third <laughs> hole. That wouldn't bother police, me. <laughs> police said the golfers eventually confronted the male blowing it, believed to be a teenager or of college age. Well, during the confrontation and ensuing fight, 
several under uh, several other individuals ran out of the woods and started beating the golfers. Jeez. I wonder if the now, golf one, pro has something on this. Mm. Oh, good point. To, yeah. yeah. One uh, person was taken to the hospital with a severe cut to the head and some broken teeth. Chad Leonard's the general manager of the resort. He says he's never seen anything like this in his 25 years in the golf industry. This was a completely isolated incident. These guys could have picked any golf course in the area, but apparently we were the unlucky ones. Officials with the department said they're looking for up to six people involved in the incident. They're also looking for two other individuals who might have been driving a getaway car. Hmm. In 2020, Danielle Witt and Ben Rocky Harris spent months trying to trade their apartment in the uh, Washington, D.C. area for a house in the suburbs without any luck. But that August, they finally landed a really nice three-bedroom in a tiny Prince George's County town named Cottage City. Witt, who works in commercial real estate, did research on the home and surrounding area, uh, but he says there's one thing, or she, excuse me, says there's one thing she missed. The house was the site of the events that inspired the Exorcist. Oh, oh boy. Oh, God. oh boy. No. The house was the one back in 1949 where a teenage boy supposedly possessed by demons was exorcised by priests following reports of weird happenings in the house, an inexplicably cold room, a chair that flipped over. Those stories captivated a Georgetown student named William Peter Blatty, who later wrote the novel and then the screenplay that became the 1973 movie. Though the location is known to exorcist obsessives, the movie's director, William Friedkin, filmed himself in the driveway for a documentary. Witt and Rocky Harris apparently had no clue that's what the house was. It's probably why the couple had been able to buy the place cheap and why several previous contracts had fallen through. Uh, Witt didn't mind, though. She says she was someone with a long interest in the occult. She said she knew that demons, unlike ghosts, possess people and not real estate. She said they do not convey with the house. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. You got that her. now? Just the, the people, not the house. Uh, that came as a relief, uh, they said, when they dropped by a recent morning. Uh, sure enough, no demons in evidence, according to the reporters, unless you count the couple's cats. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Above that the funny? crazy line, we oh. have the danger zone. Yeah, that's where she. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where she can reside. Uh, boy, this is weird. Uh, Department of Health in Illinois announced uh, this is the first human case of rabies in Illinois since 1954. An 80-year-old man died. Oh boy. Here's how he got him. Yeah. He woke up. He found a bat sitting on his neck oh boy oh oh no no yeah Yeah, oh no the bat the bat bit him and the man refused rabies treatment at the time well those needles are a foot long this was back in mid-august a month later he started experiencing rabies symptoms neck pain headache difficulty controlling arms finger numbness and difficulty speaking Rabies infections in humans are extremely rare in the United States since the disease is preventable and treatable. Typically, one to three cases are reported every year, and there were no cases reported in 2019, according to the most recent data available from the CDC. Uh, Rabies exposure, though, is far more common. About 60,000 Americans get the post-exposure treatment every year. Without prompt treatment, though, the virus infects the nervous system and is typically Fatal. So when do you got to go get the shots? If you're out walking in the woods and a skunk bites you, do you have to go get a rabies shot? Yeah, right away. All right. right All right. Did did the old man say, I am Batman? (laughs) 
I'm Batman. They, no, no, he did not. I was going to go. Do they, uh, woke up this morning. You know what? I'm going to make an. I'm going to make an executive on decision. My dick. What's that? I'm going to make an executive decision. I hope it doesn't get me in trouble. EcoFun Motorsports had the great sale on an excess supply of Bentelli e-bikes that were uh, shipped there due to a reverse supply chain That's problem. Right. That's right. And uh, Tim had a great sale uh, that concluded September 30. Okay. Well, no. I'm going to say, go and get the same deal. Wait, tell you them can't I told do you. That. Yes, I tell them I told you to. Get an additional 10% off their already low prices. So that's going to mean you're going to save $160 to $200 per bike. Tell them you heard this on Garage Logic. You know that the uh, sales uh, technically ended September 30th, but the mayor of Garage Logic is rescinded. That. You don't own the business. I, I'm going to take the chance. Just go do it and see what happens. What's the worst he can tell you? No. That's true. I'd give it a shot, plus uh, pick up anything else you want. There, the you could also call sales and gas, say, what that bleeping sushi do on a Gas-powered scooters that turn urban errands into adventures and a full line of Yamaha products and this great, great assortment. I, I'm imagining there's a few left. Why not go out there and try the same deal? Okay. Say, I know, I know, EcoFun, you ended this on September 30th, but this guy on the radio said I could still try to get podcast. it. Podcast. Uh, on the podcast, yep. said I could still try to get it. And I, and I want my GL t-shirt, too, okay. if, I get the B, uh, if I get the bike. So give it a shot. you got nothing to lose. And everything to gain at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake, John. I was thinking uh, Chris kind of inspired me there because he started singing the song. Oh yeah. So I was maybe maybe I can make one Here's up the, on the spot. The guitar about playing newsman finally got a guitar out. As Chris said, woke up this morning. I hope so. Bad on his neck. Bad on my neck. I thought I should get some shots. I thought, what the heck? I might die before I should. But I'm 80 years old. That's pretty young. Is it? Well, well maybe. Well, maybe, to, maybe says to a guy. Says a guy in his 70s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have another line, so I'm glad you actually said something yeah. there. So. All right, we'll be back. Uh, <laughs> needs to be a little bit more workshop, huh? Take well, a little break. Uh, take a little break there, Reeves. <laughs> Justice and the Suture. It's just like Dylan said. What did he say? Stay forever young. This hollow destiny or <laughs> Dawson Hollow. Dawson Hollow. I love these guys. Say we are excited. We uh, it's an annual tradition following the Twin Cities Marathon to talk to Janice Borman, the smoking marathon runner. And uh, Janice, where are you on the course right now? Because I know you're. You, have you ever completed one, Janice? Um, I have. It's um, it's it takes me <coughs> takes me a while. Um, but I uh, I have finished, and I'm not. I don't hold myself down with times. I see. But that's so that's I how have, a mar- that's how a marathon is judged is by your time, and you're on uh, you're on day three right now. Where are you? Yeah. For some, for some, it's judged on time. Right. I, I don't uh, hold myself to that a higher standard. Where are you now, uh, Janice? Uh, right now, I'm in the North Loop. Pardon? I'm in the North Loop, in Minneapolis. 
Well, that that's not where the course went. I don't, I don't think it went over to the uh, north. No. You take a that's going to even set you farther behind, Janice. Uh, hey, uh, Forrest, did you take a detour or what? Uh, no, there's a couple of um, fine restaurants. And again, um, Stop for lunch. I'm, I know I didn't win. I know that there's people that can do this in two hours, 15 minutes, and two hours and 45. And I'm, I can't, so I don't try to. Um, right. I, I don't try to equal that. I'm. I'm about the um, the experience. I see. Uh, do you so, have any Do you have any intention to get you, back on? Can you, hold, can you hold for one second? Yes. Could you just hang out for one sure. second? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh. Oh, were you going to use this next? Okay, honey. It's a little messy in there, so just um, just try to stay focused. Janice. What? Janice. Yes, yes. Uh, are you still smoking? I am. Um, hang on, I've just been called back to the stall. Uh-huh. <laughs> courtesy, oh, courtesy. Double, yeah. double. Uh, yeah. I'm double sorry, pressure. honey, that should about do it. <laughs> maybe, maybe you could. There we go. Yep. Janice said, I don't want to keep you. Do you have any intentions to get back on the actual course at... And one of these days, finish the... Uh... Sorry, I was just wiping off my hands. <laughs> Got a little crazy. Yeah. Janice? Must have, been, must have been the Chalupas. Janice? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you realize, of course, that... I do still smoke, yes, and I'm very... Uh, I'm very concerned about the... Um, Ten dollar a pack. Right, I that's, can't afford that. Right. Well, maybe that'll get you to quit finally, and you'll become even a better marathon runner. I wouldn't say I'm a runner. In fact, this year I did something just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I had my um, electric scooter. I chose not to uh, to walk the oh, marathon. I see. So I kind of, um, I, I kind of just drove the marathon. Right. Rode, rode along with them. Right. Um, offering uh, support. Words of encouragement. Right. It's come to uh, that, has it? Cigarettes for <laughs> yeah. those that do, uh, do take I think you're the only. <laughs> I think you're the only smoking marathon runner. There's more out there. They're more in the closet like I am, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Well, but, and um, we're glad that... what? Yes. Um, there is one thing that I... Um, it, it worries me. Uh-huh. Uh, um, it's the fact that and considering what I just did the last 10 minutes, uh, the fact that they, um, the runners aren't real concerned with um, their waste material. Uh-huh. It's everywhere. Okay. Um, behind trees, um, underneath shorts. It's, uh, that is really messy and repulsive, and I think we should do something about that. Maybe have them run in diapers. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll never, that'll never be a problem for you because you, you, uh, you are, you're, you're running to no, a different drummer. As I just said, I just took care of business right now. That's, I understand. Uh, Take care of your own business. That's, I will. <laughs> Janice, uh, uh, light them if you got them, and we're glad that you're still uh, with us. This is about the 15th year we've uh, touched base with you on the, on the Twin Cities Marathon. This was a tough one. I, um, in fact, well. uh, truth be told, um, I uh, the reason I did it was doctor's orders uh, to do the scooter. Right. Um, last year I got knocked down with COVID. Right. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I had COVID for a while. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't leave, I didn't have it keep me down. Right. I still ate the things I wanted to eat. Right. Um, I st- did smoke less, but I still was smoking. Right. And I'll tell you, um, I probably lost about, oh, I don't know, three or four pounds. So oh. it's a good, it's a good way to diet as right. well. Right. <laughs> All right, Janice. Uh, Janice, thank you. thank you very much for touching base with us. Um, so happy that you guys are still big fans. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I don't want to give out my Instagram or my Facebook. No, um, no. Because I, I don't like to be known. Right. And uh, the celebrity status that you've helped me with over the years right. has gotten me a lot of dates. All right. All right, oh. Janice Borman. Thank oh. you. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's been great talking to you guys. All right. <laughs> I learned a lot. All right, Janice. Thank you. For, thank you. I'd like to allow you into my personal life. Right. But you just did, I think. I think you did in a very yeah. graphic way. Let's kind of overlook that. If my timing was off. Right, right. I mean. Janice, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you all for doing the work you're doing. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I mean, this is goodbye. No, I know. I, I, <laughs> thank you. I, why the hell don't you hang up? Right. Thank you. <laughs> Janice is in the North Loop. <clears throat> I don't think that's part of the route. <laughs> a, little off, uh, a little off the track. Joe, hearing you guys talk about racism reminds me of the day... I believe I was legally racially profiled by the U.S. government. I am a pretend farmer from Kenny's area. We have a small seven-acre field. The first year I planted corn and went into the local USDA office to uh, certify my acres. By that, I mean sign up for free government-issued crop insurance. They told me you don't qualify for the program because your field is under 10 acres unless you are a female and or a minority. I responded with, I'm a white guy trying to start farming. I think there is not many of us. Does that count? He about died of laughter and showed me the door. Tell Kenny the deep creep from Seafoam works great as I have resurrected several pieces of tired iron that have been rusting, I mean resting, in my dad's pasture for years. Longtime listener and glad you went to podcast so I don't miss one minute. Mickey. And, uh, uh, Mickey, uh, for the entire show today, I've been uh, researching how to unstuck uh, a Minneapolis Moline. Well, yeah? All right. Yeah. Uh, Jackie it's sent an, me... Uh, it's an R, if anybody cares, a Minneapolis Moline R. Uh, uh-oh, we're missing something. We're missing on this day in Minnesota history. Uh-oh. Well, where'd it go? Uh, well, somebody help me here. Uh... That isn't it. Where is it? We're running. Yeah, I have it if, if you'd like it. Well, you're gonna, but you're going to have to do it because I, I misplaced it. Somewhere. Did you have more than one item? Because no, this there was only, only has one item. 1898. Wait a minute, John. That has to be done, you, you know, with some. Some oh, I'm sorry. Fair. Come yeah. on. Whole from, setup, uh, because from Only because they come only. to us all go. the way from Marlow Park at Mpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lyman's. It's on this day in Minnesota history, this day, October 5, John. What yes, happened? In, what is it? In 1898, the Battle of Sugar Point occurred on Leech Lake. Okay. Soldiers from the 3rd Infantry had accompanied U.S. Marshal R.T. O'Connor to arrest Bagoni Gizig of the Bear Island Pillinger Ojibwe. Bagoni Gizig had protested practices of lumber companies on the reservation, and he in turn was accused of illegal liquor sales. Uh-oh. They came to arrest Bagoni Gizig. He was rescued by a group of Ojibwe. O'Connor then requested assistance from General John M. Bacon at Fort Snelling. 
He traveled with 80 soldiers on a steamer to Sugar Point on Leech Lake, where Bagoni Gizig and his friends were living. Six soldiers killed in the ensuing battle while Bagoni Gizig escaped and never was arrested. Okay, thank you very much. Leech I hope, Lake. I hope that was your item. Is it the, was. That was it. That was it. Good. Leech Lake is the third largest lake in the state of Minnesota. Uh, well, what's first, Upper and Lower Red? There you go. And uh, it's bigger than Mille Lacs. Yep, Mille Lacs is number two. Uh, Leech Lake, number three. Well, I said it's bigger than Mille Lacs. It's not, apparently. Mille Lacs is bigger than Leech Lake. Right. And so Leech is number three. <laughs> so I, so just, I got him right. That's what I just said. I yeah. got him right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, about, how about number four? I'm going to take a stab at number four. I can't. Okay. No. What is it? Uh, lake Winne- Winnebagoshish. Winnebagoshish? Yeah. Winnebagoshish. Vermilion, number five. Mud Lake, number seven. Cass Lake, eight. And Lake Minnetonka. Mud Lake, where John goes? Yes. Is no, that I, I big? Don't go to, I don't go to Mud Lake. I you talking did. about me? Oh, you Dead go to lake. Dead Lake. Dead Lake. Dead Lake. Yeah, yeah that's like right. Purim there. Purim oh, that's a Dead. Mud Lake. That's a bad lake name. Yeah. Leech Lake is a bad lake yes, name. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, lake Minnetonka, number nine, and number 10 is Otter Tail Lake. Oh, boy. 13,725 oh, yeah. acres. Really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Those are nice lakes. Oh, uh, by the way, these this list did not include Lake Superior and Lake of the Woods. Uh, they are larger bodies of water than those listed above. But we, both we lakes that. are only partially inside the borders of Minnesota yeah, because we would get email. That's yeah. why Schmelz Countryside that. Volkswagen what? is within the borders Us? of Minnesota. It's in Maplewood. Where? Right on the corner of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen Fiat Alfa Romeo. One of the last. Truly family-owned dealerships in the Twin Cities. Been there a long time. I've driven all three of these makes. I will continue to. I really enjoy them. 0% for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagen vehicles, except the all-electric ID4. And they've got that new Volkswagen Taos in stock. I saw my brothers again the other day. He's loving that car. 0% for up to 72 months on Fiat models and 0% for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeo models. Uh, get get the car before winter while there's still inventory. Find out that inventory at SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. Thank you, GLers. Uh, Lake Pepin also doesn't qualify. Well, it's because that's partly in Wisconsin? Correct. I see. Yeah, Lake yeah, Pepin. Right. Definitely, right. definitely Lake Pepin right. doesn't count. Uh, hey, GLers, if you could do us a favor and join the thousands of garage logicians that have subscribed to the GL YouTube channel. We're posting daily videos, both of content inside the show and also hijinks that sometimes take place when we're not recording the Garage Logic podcast. And also download the PodMN app for your smart device, and you get device, device. Boy, how are you? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Playoff baseball tonight. I'm doing fantastic. Yankees I'm re- at Boston. I'm going for the Red yeah. Sox. Boo. Sorry, John. I can't cheer for the Yankees. I don't like that. I'm going to be a Yankee fan. I hate that dump Fenway Park. What a dump. (laughs) (laughs) We'll catch you tomorrow. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we 
pick up that phone, and we make that phone call to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, GLers. That's exactly what you should do today in these volatile times for that free 48-minute financial consultation. And you do that just like I did by calling 952-925-5608. That phone number, once again, is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Josh. And you also get straight talk. You never get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh, just a simple question for you to start things off today. A recession or... That's the question. A recession or... Janet Yellen, the Secretary of Treasury and former Fed chief, woke this morning on CNBC and said the U.S. faces a recession if the debt limit is not raised. She also said she sees inflation much higher for the next several months before they moderate. I'm not sure whether the U.S. faces a recession or not if the debt limit is not raised. But Janet Yellen has been sounding the alarm on the debt limit for several months and has warned Congress repeatedly about the need for the U.S. to raise the debt ceiling so it can pay the interest on all the bonds that are outstanding. Now, I know that the Republicans in the Senate are pushing back at this point on raising the debt limit as they want the Democrats to own the raising the debt cap, given that Democrats want to spend in excess of three and a half trillion dollars on their America Cares program to fund new entitlements. That and many of these new entitlements are scheduled to run out over the next two, three, four, and five years. And definitely they will become more than just talking points in elections in the future. They will be used definitely as cudgels against the opposition and to show how heartless one party will be should they want to reduce or even keep certain limits on those new entitlements. Yet at the same time, what is considered entitlement, but has actually been paid for out of your paycheck and mine on a continual basis, Social Security and Medicare face cut in the not too distant future. They not be continued to be funded. And I do agree with West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, extending new entitlements is fiscal insanity given the state of paid for or pay-as-you-go Social Security and Medicare. That said, the second part, Yellen's warning on inflation being higher than expected, well, that has been true for most of this year, given one, the price of oil has gone from $40 to $78 a barrel. OPEC decided to cap production, which has pushed the price up further. This administration has tried to limit oil and gas production. Not too smart, particularly ahead of winter. Even with all these, the push for batteries, electric vehicles, etc., you still need electricity to power those those batteries up. And it's not just going to come from wind and solar power, particularly as many states are shutting down nuclear, which is still very clean, very efficient, doesn't produce those horrible uh, gas. So do be prepared for some more market volatility, at least until we get into earnings season, which starts later this week and into next week. And do be prepared when companies say we've got supply chain issues. So that'll make our forecast difficult. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. Jailers, you heard him. Pick up that phone and make that call today in these volatile times. 
Call Mr. Money Talk for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.